0: with you all this morning. It's great to be able to share uh, such a great time of worship with you. It's a blessing to see my daughters uh, singing that song. I love that last song because our hope is alive. Amen. You see, we know Jesus is alive. We know that Jesus came back from the dead after he died, but what does that mean for me and you? We know that he's alive, but the thing that makes that so powerful for us is that the Bible says in Romans 8 that the same spirit that raised him from the dead is now alive in you and I today if we know Jesus Christ as our Savior. So if we know Jesus, if you're a Christian, the Bible says that you have that same spirit that gave him life inside of you. So when we sing about our hope being alive, we're not just stating that Jesus is alive. We are also stating that Jesus's life is alive in us. Amen? We have life today. And because we have life We have hope. We're going to continue a series that we're in right now called Best for Last. I began this a couple of weeks ago when I was out last weekend because I was sick. So thank you to Pastor Brian for filling in for me. He did a message from the life of Elisha and the uh, the jars being filled. Were you all here for that? talked about the jars being filled up, and it's interesting because this weekend we're going to talk about being filled. So that imagery is going to go right along with the message today. We've talked about the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk this morning about being filled with the Holy Spirit. What it looks like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and how we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to go today, before we jump into our scripture, I want to remind us that this was born out of John chapter 14, verse 12, in which Jesus told his disciples that after he rises from the dead... He is going to ascend into heaven, and he is going to leave the disciples there on earth. And you can imagine how this made them feel after three years of walking with Jesus, that Jesus was going to leave them. They were scared, and they didn't know how they were going to figure it out. And truly, I want to tell you this morning that Jesus told them that it was for their good that he was leaving so that he could send the Holy Spirit to us today. And he told them that because he was going to send the Holy Spirit, that you and I and those disciples in that day would do even greater works than Jesus had done. Now, I think we can agree that that doesn't mean greater in scope, but it means greater in length. It means greater in time. Over time, you will see the work being done, and that was true for those disciples. If you do some study on your own and you go to Acts chapter 2, what you'll find is that when those disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit they began to operate with a boldness that they did not have when Jesus was here. See, I want to put this simply for us today. It's good that Jesus is not here with us today because he has given us his Holy Spirit and we can operate with the same life that gave him life, okay? Think about Peter. Think about the Apostle Peter. On the night that Jesus was crucified, what did Peter do three times? he denied Jesus three times Peter was asked as Jesus was being betrayed as Jesus was being taken to the cross as Jesus was being unfairly tried in the night Jesus was going through all this and Peter in his fear ran away and three times he was asked hey don't you know Jesus weren't you one of those guys with him and three times Peter denied and he even cursed as he denied he was adamant that he did not know Jesus and in his failure He thought life was over. Jesus was going to leave, he was going to be gone, and that was it for him. But when the Holy Spirit came to him in Acts chapter 2, Peter stood before thousands of people and proclaimed the gospel, and thousands of people were saved in a single day. You see, that happened because Peter had something that he did not have when Jesus was here. Peter had the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. You see, the Holy Spirit is good for us and is necessary for us, not only for us to be saved, but also for us to operate with boldness in this broken culture. You see, the world today needs Christians with boldness. The world today needs Christians with a strong spirit about them because it's not enough for us to simply know the truth in our heads. We must apply the truth in our lives, and we must speak the truth with our mouths. Amen? I saw a church sign one time that says, Spread the gospel. Use words if necessary. And church, I think words are always necessary. Y'all know I like to talk, but I believe God's put a message in your mouth too. I believe that because we have the Holy Spirit, we can all share what God has done in our lives. And God wants you to do that. God wants to empower you to do that. So today, I want to talk about the filling of the Holy Spirit. How can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? Are we filled with the Holy Spirit already? It can be a little bit confusing. If you go through the book of Acts, you'll find that in many different places, the disciples would be filled with the Spirit. I want to make clear up front before we jump into the Scripture. Romans chapter 8 teaches us that if we are saved, we have the Holy Spirit already. Okay, So what I'm talking about is not some sort of separate thing that only certain Christians get. This isn't some exclusive club that people like me and Pastor Brian get to be a part of. This is for every Christian. If you've been saved, you've received the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 says if you don't have the Spirit, you don't have life. Our life comes from the Holy Spirit. But I think we can agree that there are varying levels of experience within the Christian life of the filling of the Holy Spirit. I'll give you an example. Of what married people do I have in the, co- in the uh, crowd today? Any married people? Maybe y'all are different than me. Brian and Pam, I know that y'all are always at a 10 in y'all's marriage. I know y'all are. Amen. Amen. But some of us, some of us in our marriage go through varying levels of closeness. Can we agree? Sometimes we're at a 10. Sometimes we're at a, I don't know, Brian, 8, 7, Three? Oh my goodness, that's terrible, Pastor Brian. (laughs) you got to learn to do what you're told. That's the lesson right there. God sent us a helper, amen. In our marriages, we can experience varying levels of closeness, and that's normal. The closeness we experience on the wedding day may not necessarily match the level of closeness we experience when life gets really difficult and we go through things that are difficult for us. But the truth is, no matter how we feel... We're still married. No matter how we feel, the covenant is still in place. Do you agree? No matter how we feel about it, we still have that marriage relationship. Being saved is the same way. We may not feel the Spirit working in us right now, but we have Him. So the goal today, and my my goal for you today, is to go to the text and help us understand that we need not to get saved again. We don't need to be baptized again. We don't have to try and start over and get a fresh start. We just need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to be filled up again. So let's go to the text. It's going to be in John chapter 15. It says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise. Be very careful how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Church, time wants to take from you. Satan's goal for you is not that you would necessarily fall into terrible sin. Satan's goal is that you would simply waste your time. How many people one day are going to face Jesus and look back at all the time they wasted on useless things? Maybe not sinful things. Church, I I look around the crowd today and I think I know most of you relatively well some of you more than others but I know most of you in the room well enough to know that most of us in here may not be dealing with a severe sin problem but I think many of us may find today that we are dealing with priority problems when it comes to how we spend our time these days are evil they want to take from you Uh, John's telling them don't waste that time he says don't be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is Ephesians, I'm sorry, Ephesians 5. This is Ephesians 5. If you're trying to look this up, Ephesians 5, 15. I see some of y'all flipping through your Bible confused. Don't worry, I'm not using a weird translation. I just had the wrong scripture, okay? This is Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15. He says, don't waste your time. Be aware of what God's will is for your life. And then he tells them, don't get drunk with wine, because that fills you with debauchery. That can lead you down the wrong path. Now, if you read up a little bit, last night I went through all these scriptures. I wanted to kind of tighten it up a little bit this morning, but I want to encourage you in your study to read up earlier in Ephesians chapter 5, and you'll see this big list of things that Christians should not be doing, this big list of things that Christians should not be participating in. And it finishes here in Ephesians 5 with this exhortation that we not be drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to share with you um, a little bit of my background. I grew up in Graves County, Kentucky, right in smack in the middle of the Bible Belt in a big old Southern Baptist church. And I mean Southern Baptist, like as Southern Baptist as you can get. We ate fried chicken any chance we got. We said God is good, and anytime time somebody said God is good, the crowd would yell back all the time. Some of y'all Southern Baptists know. All right, we were Southern Baptists as Southern Baptists get. Now, something that I noticed growing up is that we were very quick to tell you what we should not be doing. We were very quick to tell you what was wrong with us. And it's important that we do that, because if we don't recognize what's wrong, then we can't ever get to what's right. Amen? It's important that we know what's wrong. So we got this big list of things in Ephesians chapter 5. Hey, you shouldn't be sexually immoral. You shouldn't be doing coarse joking. Uh, You shouldn't be wasting your time. You shouldn't be doing all these things. And we see this list, and it's really easy to look at all the things that we should not be doing and begin to feel guilty because we don't measure up. But what I want to make sure we do this morning is that we recognize that the goal of this scripture is not to teach us everything that's wrong. The goal of this scripture is to teach us and instruct us on exactly what is right. You see, God's goal for us is not that we would spend all of our time trying on our own to be better people. How many of you want to be better people? Be better people. Want to be closer to God. Want to be better Christians. We all do. But I want to encourage you this morning. The scripture teaches us that being a better Christian is not about willpower. Being a better Christian is not about doing everything in your power to stop doing all the bad things you're doing. Church, we still live in these fleshly bodies. And as long as we're here on earth in these bodies, we are always going to struggle to do stuff we shouldn't be doing. John said it this way. John, who had walked with Jesus for three years, he said, If anybody tells you there's no sin in them, they're lying to you. They're lying to you, church. I stand before you today. There's sin in my life. And I bet there's sin in your life too. And the goal this morning is not to figure out how to be better on our own. The goal this morning is to recognize that God is in heaven right now giving us all that we need to have victory over the problems that we experience every day in our life. And he gives us the answer right here. He says, don't be drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, I think this is interesting because this is dealing with consumption. To be filled with the Spirit, number one, we change what we consume. We change what we consume. I want to talk to you today about consumption in the Christian life. Now, how many of you have ever been told by a Christian, you shouldn't drink, don't ever drink? You've been told that? Man, I grew up Southern Baptist. We were teetotalers. We didn't drink, smoke, or chew or go with those who do. That's, That's just what we did, all right? You can take that one with you. Fresh out of Graves County. We knew not to drink. But in this scripture, I would argue... That the idea of drinking is not so much an exhortation that you shouldn't do this thing over here. It's using this idea that instead of being filled with something that dulls your senses, God has something for us to be filled with that will heighten our senses. You see, we have a consumption problem in the church today. We have a consumption problem in the church today. We will consume willingly things that we know are bad for us. Let me give you an example. I love McDonald's. I love it. And you all know that I love it. I share with you every chance I get. I'm like an evangelist for McDonald's. People will talk bad about McDonald's. McDonald's will get a bad rap. But I can promise you that if you go through the McDonald's thrive-through, it doesn't matter what time of day it is, you're going to get good french fries. I can't guarantee that for anywhere else. But I can always tell you McDonald's will be faithful when nobody else is faithful. They'll stay open and they'll give you good food. But here's the problem with it. Even though it tastes good for a moment, it tends to stay with you for longer than you want. And it will do things to you that you don't want it to do. And it's hard to get off that. And when you consume things that are unhealthy for you, there's two negative consequences to it. Number one, when we consume what is unhealthy for us, It harms us. The second problem, and I think maybe even the more damaging thing, is that when we consume things that are unhealthy for us, we get addicted to those things. You see, this example of not being drunk with wine but being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible is giving us a picture here. The Bible is telling us that there are things that we can fill our lives up with that will affect how we see the world and will affect what we desire. You see, alcohol among the many uses for it, can have two negative effects. Number one, it will damage your body over time, especially if you consume too much. But number two, it will cause you to need more and more and more. And that's how so many people get addicted to it. That's why it's so damaging. On the flip side of that, the Bible tells us, instead of filling ourselves up with things that harm us and cause us to fall into addiction, fill yourself up with things that help you. And satisfy you. You see, this morning, I I, I present to you, I don't believe that the problem is alcohol. I believe that the problem is that we consume things in our life that are damaging and addictive. And as we do that, we crowd out the space that's available for the Spirit to come in and fill. You see, when we get filled up with the Spirit, it leaves no room for anything else. If you're struggling today with a sin problem, This could be anything. There's a big list of them. If you want to go through them, they're in Ephesians 5, about three or four verses up. You can read through them. If you're struggling today with a sin issue, an addictive compulsive behavior, an anger problem, an emotional issue, a sinful habit. I want to let you know today that there's nothing you can do to fix that on your own. There's no magic program A 12-step program may help, but I want you to understand that if you truly want victory from the things that ail us, the way to get victory from those things is not to focus on stopping those things. It's to be filled up with something completely different that satisfies you on a greater level than those old things. You see, you can't kill an addiction without choking it out. And you choke it out by getting addicted to something better. Okay, that's what being filled with the Spirit is. It is a consumption thing. I want to talk to you this morning about some things that we can consume, some ways that we can spend our time that will make us not want those old things. And some of you have this experience, by the way. If you've ever been addicted to a substance before, once you get off of it, and once you are walking in the newness of life, I've heard this over and over and over The thing that we used to love, we now detest it. If you smell it, if you see it, if you get around it, it's like you can't even stand it. You see, that's what being filled up with the Holy Spirit does. When we get full of the Spirit and it leaves no space for these other things, over time it will change our taste for those old things. It doesn't mean that we don't struggle. It doesn't mean that we don't think back to it and face temptation. It simply means that in my life, in Blake Jackson's life, there's no room for that stuff. You see, there's an old habit, an old addiction that I used to struggle with a long time as a teenager for years. And the true victory did not come when I became a better person. The true victory over that addiction and that sin came when I got so full in my life of better things that my desires for those things just kind of dimmed. It doesn't mean that I never struggle with the desire. It simply means that what God has given me is so much better than those old things that I really don't want to throw away what God has given me for those old things because they're not as good. You see, the Christianity that teaches us that God is mad and God wants you to stop doing bad things isn't really helping us because we can't stop the bad things until we see how good God is. And once we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, we won't want to go back to those old things. And when we do go back to those old things, we immediately recognize how bad it is and we jump right back to the Lord because we're filled with the Spirit. We leave no space for these old things. We change what we consume. And I want to give you some practical tools today, okay? There's a few things that you can consume that are going to help you, especially if you're struggling. If you're a Christian in the room, I want to encourage you to look at what you're consuming, look at the social media, look at the music, look at the movies, look at the books, whatever it is, and ask yourself if it's helping you. And if it's not helping you, I want to encourage you to stop that and to replace it with something better. And here at this church, we have some tools to help you do that. The first of them, I want to put a graphic up on the screen. We have a program at our church, the Eastern Life Church. This is called Right Now Media. This is sort of like Netflix for the Christian, all right? This is an online tool. That all of us have access to at this church for free. That you can access on your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, on your TV. You can access this at no cost to you because we've invested in this. And it's got over 18,000 hours of content available for you. It has Bible study. It has Larry the Cucumber. All right, it's got everything you need. This is a really good resource. This is a great tool for your consumption. See, I promise you that if you drink enough alcohol, you'll get drunk. We agree? And I, I mean, I don't really know exactly, but I'm just going off what Pastor Brian says. But I can promise you if you drink enough of it, you drink enough of it, it'll affect you. I can also promise you that if you drink enough of this, you get into God's Word and you get around God's people and you begin to consume the things that God has for you, it will change you. It will affect you. You see, our character on many levels is a product of our consumption. I want to share something else with you. So this is an online resource you got. I want to share another one with you. There's a video series. And I've waited a while to pump this in in person in our weekend services because I wanted Pastor Brian to get the chance to see it first. But on our... Um, we talked about Man Church. is going to be happening tomorrow night at 6. This is a men's group. We meet every Monday night, um, and, and it's been going fantastic. It's been growing. People have been showing up, and we're hearing these unbelievable stories of how God is changing lives and how God is transforming us. And we have been watching this series called The Chosen. And it's a series about the life of Jesus. And I wanted to put this out in front of you today because I want you to get the chance to sort of see what we've been watching, and I want to show you that you can access this on your own and watch this anytime. All right, uh, Michael, let's go ahead and put this video up. To spoil this beautiful day or anything, huh? Come on. It's a leopard. Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his air. Don't come any closer. It's okay. Please, please, please don't turn away from me. I won't, Lord. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. My sister, she was a servant at the wedding. She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing. I knew it. What can I, what can I ever do? Well, do not say anything to anyone. You don't seek your own honor? Please just do me this one thing. But, but what do I tell people? Go, show yourself to the priest. Let them inspect you and see that you are cleansed. Make the proper offering in the temple as Moses commanded. And go on your way. (sighs) Why's an extra tunic? Just one of you, just one of you. That's enough. Definitely your color, (laughs) not too shabby. (laughs) Hey, it's Dallas and the creator of The Chosen and if you liked what you just saw and you wanna see the episodes of the first ever multi-season show about the life of Christ, you can do so right now for free. Yes, if you get The Chosen app, you can watch these episodes for free right now. You're going to go to the chosen.tv or the Apple Store or Google Play, download the app, and you can watch immediately episodes one through four. Hope you enjoy it, and thanks so much. Church has better than anything you can watch on TV. I promise you. I promise you. I was talking with one of our men who's been helping to lead man church. His name's Kelly Jennings. Many of you know him, and I shared with him last week I wasn't here last weekend because I was sick. And I was laid up in bed. And and church, what I figured out was by like day four or day five, I was spiritually like really down. I was really down. I wasn't praying. I didn't feel good. I was just kind of laying around, laying there. And the old saying is that idle hands are the devil's playground. You don't necessarily find that in your Bible. But I can tell you this. The longer I was disconnected from the church the more spiritually dead I felt inside. And I had prayed, God, just fill me up. God, give me a renewed spirit. God, just fill me up with your spirit. And and what I did is I I got on my phone and I started watching that show and I watched about four episodes and I just cried and cried and cried and it was about 11.30 at night and I thought about calling Kelly and thanking him because he's the one who introduced me to that show. But we talked a few days ago just about how that simple show just a TV show that illustrates the life of Jesus is so helpful to get my mind reoriented on who Jesus was and how much he loves me and how much he cares for me something so simple is changing what we consume can change how we feel spiritually and I believe in our world today we often struggle because we are consuming things over and over and over that are dragging us down into the mess that the world has for us. Okay, So we change what we consume. We get in small groups. All right, There are many small groups that are meeting at this church. If you're not part of one, get with me or one of the leaders after the service and we'd be more than happy to meet, uh, introduce you to a group leader. Get in a small group. Get around people that love the Lord. Get around people that you can share with and get close to. And I promise you that as we do that, we will be filled up spiritually with the life that the Spirit has for us. It will be a spiritual refreshing. I want to keep going in the Scripture, Michael. Thank you all. In verse 19, he says, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Let's go ahead and put that next point up there, Michael. It says, We speak to one another with songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Church, I want us to focus on connection. We change how we connect. How many of you are on social media how many social media? I know more of you are than that. I see y'all stuff every day, all right? Not the young guys, not the young guys. Y'all are on Instagram. I don't know how to use Instagram. I just have Facebook. But when we consume that type of connection, we are falling into a pseudo-connection that makes us feel more isolated. Church, in our world today, we have more connection than we've ever had digitally, but I would argue that we've got more loneliness spiritually, Because that's not how God intended for us to connect. I I, I want to speak to our folks online for a moment. I want to thank you for joining us this weekend. And I want to encourage you that consuming this content online is good and healthy for you. And we're so grateful that we have this available. But we believe that there's no replacement for being together as God's people in the church. We don't believe there's a replacement for that connection. And that's why, as a church leadership team, we made the difficult decision that throughout this pandemic, we have chosen to continue meeting, not as a way to be rebellious, not as a way to cast judgment on those who have a different opinion or different ideology. We just simply value deeply the connection that we have in the body of the church. And we don't believe that there's a replacement for it. And I want to encourage you that if you are feeling spiritually empty, Change what you consume, but also change how you connect. If you're here this morning, praise God that you're here. We are so glad that you're here. But it would be only half the victory, only part of the equation, if you showed up and consumed, but you didn't connect. You see, God intends for you to be in family with us. The great thing about church is not the music, it's not the preaching. We hope those things are helpful. But the great thing about being in the church is that we're a family and we worship together. And we struggle together and we go through life together and we connect together. And I promise you, if you get connected with a church, with a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, God-loving, God-worshipping church, if you get connected, you will be filled up with the Holy Spirit. That's how God has designed it. Let's keep going. He says, we sing and we make music from our hearts to the Lord. Church, I believe if we want to be filled with the Spirit, we change how we worship. You see, we don't simply sing with our mouth. What does the scripture say, Michael? Go back to that verse. It says, we sing and make music from where? From our heart. This is an emotional thing. When Jesus met the woman at the well... We found that as she asked about worship, she was really concerned about where the people should be worshiping. And Jesus told her something amazing. He said that it doesn't really matter where you worship. What matters is that you worship in spirit and in truth. Amen? We've begun a new habit recently. We are generally, before we do a worship song, we're presenting you with scriptures. And if if you notice that we didn't do that this weekend, it's, it's really because up until about the time the service started last night, we didn't have anything electronic here working. We had literally nothing working. So we were scrambling just to get everything turned on. It's why we didn't stream last night, and we literally did not have time to go in there and get the Scriptures in there. But we love to present you with Scripture before we sing the worship songs because we have two things that we are concerned about when it comes to the worship at Easton Life Church. Number one, we want to make sure that what we sing is true, that we are worshiping God with truth about God. You see, I love my wife, and I think my wife is beautiful, but if I tell my wife how much I love her blonde hair, she's not going to receive that because it's not true. She doesn't have blonde hair. If we sing to God things that aren't true, we're not worshiping God. We are giving Him things that are reflective of His character. We want it to be in truth, but just as importantly as whether or not it's true, we also want to worship from our heart. You see, if we stand and we sing with just our mouth but our hearts far away dealing with the things of the world, you haven't really connected. And God's desire for you this morning is that you will connect with the church body, but more importantly that you'll connect with Him. And when we sing from our heart, when we worship from our heart, when we give financially from our heart, when we connect with the church from our heart, God will fill our hearts up with Himself. He will literally fill us up with his spirit we change what we consume we change how we connect we change how we worship michael let's keep going we're almost done he says always giving thanks to god the father for everything in the name of our lord jesus christ church this is going to be next to last one we change our attitudes and i think this is the toughest i think this is the toughest how many of you are like me in that you tend to see everything that's wrong in your life anybody else like that I can have a million things right, but whatever isn't working is what will stick to my mind. And I'll even catch myself saying things like this. This week while we were at home, we had this issue happen. My son's bedroom, he's got a bedroom upstairs, and he's got one of those window air conditioning units so we can help keep his room cool. And his room sits right on top of ours. And as I was laying in my bed sick last week, I woke up one morning or afternoon, I don't really remember what time of day it was, but I looked up and there was a stain on my ceiling, and I was like, what in the world is that? It hadn't been raining, so I knew it wasn't water coming from the outside, so it finally occurred to me, what was happening is that his air conditioner was leaking water down through the wall to my ceiling, which obviously is a problem, right? So I run upstairs, I pull the window unit out, and I look, and the whole wall and the window is just like, it's like so wet that it's rotted, and... That occupied my mind, and I got so panicked and freaked out that I forgot that I have 99% of my house in perfect condition. It is so easy to focus on that one thing that's wrong that we forget everything that's right. It's so easy... That when we have things in our life that don't meet our expectations, we can take our eyes off of all the blessings that God has given us. Church, there's an old hymn. Some of you will know this. It said, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. You see, when we go through difficult things, and we face things that we are struggling with, God's desire is not that we would become consumed with the problem, it's that we would become consumed with Him. And when we are filled up with God, when we are filled up with the Spirit, we will look differently at those things that we're struggling with. Remember the example about the wine. He said, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. What happens when you drink too much alcohol? Nobody's going to want to say it because you don't want to be called out for being the person who's drunk too much alcohol. It's okay. When you drink too much alcohol, it changes the way you feel about the world around you, doesn't it? It changes how you see things. It changes how things look to you. You see, the Holy Spirit's the same way. When you are filled with the Spirit, when you are consuming the things that God has for us to consume, when you are connected with the church, when you are worshiping from your heart, and something in life happens and it kind of knocks you off your feet for a minute, God is very quick to pull you back and remind you just how many blessings you've got. Count your many blessings, count them one by one. Remember the old hymn? Church, when we remember how many things God has blessed us with, how many good things we have, it can be a way to help us get back filled with the Spirit again and not focused on everything that's wrong. And in the world today, it's easy to get focused on everything that's wrong. Amen? World's a mess. World's a mess. But church, we're in revival. We're baptizing again this Saturday night. God is still moving. God is still changing hearts. And church, I want to encourage you, if God continues to do what God has been doing, God can have this town. God can have this community. God can do this. God is still moving. We change our attitudes. And finally, this is the last point and we'll be done. We change what we ask for. We change what we ask for. I want to take you to a scripture. This is in Luke chapter 11. This is in Luke chapter 11. Jesus is speaking, and he says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You see, this morning, what I want to encourage us to do before we leave is I want to encourage us to simply ask Jesus to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Now, this sounds a little bit too easy to me. You see, what I really would love to see happen is a huge movement, a big explosion of the Spirit. And some of you may have grown up in an environment that taught you that when the Spirit moves, there has to be these signs and wonders and these miraculous things that go along with it. But church, what we find in the Scripture is that God is always ready to fill us with His Spirit. The problem comes that we consume the wrong things, we worship the wrong things, we spend our time on the wrong things, we go through life worshiping with our mouth but not with our heart, and very often we just don't ask God to fill us up. Jesus' brother James said it this way, He says, you don't have, why? Because you don't ask. He didn't say you don't have because you aren't one of the special ultra-spiritual people that get the Holy Spirit. He didn't say that you don't have because you're bad people who don't deserve the Holy Spirit. Jesus' own brother said in the book of James that we don't have simply because we don't ask. Church, the amazing thing about being a Christian is that we don't have to be good to ask for Jesus. We don't have to have it all together to ask for Jesus. In fact, I'm going to put it this way. If you're messed up and screwed up and worried and anxious, if you are lonely, if you are struggling, if you are dealing with things right now that you don't know how to handle, that's the perfect time to ask for God to fill you with His Holy Spirit. If you've never been saved before, you simply turn from your sin and you you go to Jesus and you say, God, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. I can't do this on my own. I can't do anything without you. I want to follow you. And the Bible says he will give you his Holy Spirit. And for us Christians in the room who have experienced that, we don't have to start the whole process over. We don't have to do it again. We don't have to wonder, does God really love me? Does God really want to save me? Do I even have this thing right? We can simply go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm empty. I need you to fill me. I need you to fill me up. Jesus said, even if bad fathers like me, and I think I'm a decent enough father, and I think all of us in the room who have children, we're good parents. None of us in the room would let our children starve. If they ask us for food, we're going to feed them. In fact, most of us parents in the room, we want to give good things to our children, right? I know we do because I see all the pictures on Christmas morning. We give our kids more good things than they could possibly need. I spend more time in my house clearing out old good things just so my kids have room for all the new good things that they don't need. I want my kids to have so many good things, it can often spoil them. Yet Jesus said that if people like me are willing to give good things to our children, how much more today does Jesus want to give you and I today a filling of His Spirit? Church, if we leave today... Without the fullness and the filling of the Holy Spirit, it's not because Jesus is unwilling. Did you see the attitude of Jesus when that leper told him, he said, hey, if you're willing, you can make me clean? What did Jesus say? He said, I'm willing. If you are empty today, if you are struggling today, and you want Jesus, I want to give you the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is able and he is willing to rescue you. If you need to be saved, he can save you. And if you need to be filled up, He can fill you.